Hello, my name is Arush Marotra, and welcome to episode two of Unjustified. In our previous episode, we examined the injustices being committed in our juvenile justice system through the lens of Kenneth Young. In this second episode of Unjustified, we take a look at the story of the Fairbanks Four. It was late at night on October 11, 1997 in Fairbanks, Alaska. The permanent fund dividend, a portion of money from oil and gas revenues paid to Alaska residents annually, had just come out earlier that week. Historically, on the weekend following the distribution of this dividend, there are parties all across Fairbanks from dusk to dawn. This night was no different. However, the Fairbanks Police Department received a call that 15-year-old John Hartman was nearly beaten to death and was lying unconscious on a street corner. Hartman was rushed to the Fairbanks Memorial Hospital, but sadly, he ended up dying from the brutal injuries the next day. The police rushed to find answers as the news of this murder spread through the city of 30,000 residents like a wildfire. The night of Hartman's murder, the police came across 17-year-old Eugene Vent, who had clearly been drinking. A clerk at the Alaskan Motor Inn had claimed that Eugene had been waving a gun at him. After fleeing the inn, Eugene was arrested around five blocks away. At the time of Eugene's arrest, the police were investigating the brutal killing of Hartman, which was just four blocks away. Eugene, following his arrest, was taken to the Fairbanks Youth Facility for questioning. Over 11 hours and three interviews that day, marked by Eugene repeatedly slurring, I don't remember, and answering the detective's leading questions with, I was drunk, Eugene eventually gave a jumbled confession in which he named himself and three of his former teammates, Kevin Pease, George Freeze, and Marvin Roberts, as Hartman's assailants. Kevin Pease, who was just 19 years old at the time, was reported to have been trashing his mother's house the night of Hartman's murder. Kevin's mother called the police and Kevin was taken into the police station the next day. 20-year-old George Freeze, who had been drinking heavily, had gotten into an altercation and ended up in the hospital the next afternoon complaining that he had hurt his ankle. He claimed that he got into a scuffle but forgot what exactly had happened because he was too drunk to remember. This left the police to fill in the blanks. Finally, that night, 19-year-old Marvin Roberts had been reported to have been giving people rides to and from a wedding reception which took place in downtown Fairbanks at Old Eagles Hall. All four boys had stopped in at the reception at some point that night. However, none of the three boys actually entered Marvin's car the night of October 11th. But at no time were Kevin, Eugene, or George in my car that night. So it's pretty confusing how they put all four of us together in the car. Eugene, Kevin, George, and Marvin were all in custody by October 12th and were quickly charged with the murder of John Hartman. While George was being interrogated, the interrogating officer tried to turn the boys against each other, and after a couple hours of being continually pressured to answer, George also confessed that he maybe kicked Hartman a couple times. Furthermore, a few days after Hartman's fatal beating, another native teenager named Arlo Olson told the police that he had seen Kevin, George, Eugene, and Marvin rob someone while he was on the step of Old Eagles Hall. However, it was later revealed 
that Olsen was 550 feet away from the supposed robbery. These quote-unquote confessions from George and Eugene, as well as testimony from Olsen, set the police investigation rolling. However, six months later, police had discovered little to no physical evidence tying these four boys to the murder of Hartman. Despite this, the Fairbanks Police Department did not raise any concerns at all, and all four boys proceeded to be convicted of murder. In May 2009, after a decade of failed appeals, the Alaska Innocence Project Executive Director, Bill Oberly, decided to take on the case. Two years into his investigation, Oberly found out about an off-the-record confession that had been made by an Alaskan inmate in 2003. In this confession, Jason Wallace, who was serving time for murders related to drug trafficking, told his public defender that he and his friend William Holmes were responsible for the murder of John Hartman. Oberly sent four investigators to try to get Wallace to get on record, but he wouldn't. Realizing that Wallace wouldn't talk, Oberly requested that Marvin write a letter to Holmes, Wallace's accomplice, saying that he was in for a crime he didn't commit and had heard that Wallace may have had some more information regarding Hartman's murder. Marvin received no response from Holmes, but one day, Oberly got a letter in which Holmes was finally willing to testify and confess that he and Wallace were the ones who committed the murder. Furthermore, in 2014, Olsen signed an affidavit claiming that police coerced him into testifying he saw Kevin, George, Eugene, and Marvin assaulting that man after getting out of a blue two-door car, even though he told investigators the car was a beige four-door and that he didn't recognize the men. In 2015, after serving 18 years in prison, the Fairbanks Four, as they were dubbed, had finally been exonerated. However, there was a catch. During the 2015 hearing, the men knew there was a good chance they'd be exonerated, but they also knew that the judge might take over six months to issue his ruling. So when the state offered a deal that would overturn the convictions and instantly free them, they signed. However, in this deal, the Fairbanks Four gave up their right to sue the state and withdrew their claims of prosecutorial misconduct. Many legal experts agree that both of these concessions demanded by the state were arguably unethical and reprehensible. This heartbreaking story exposes many of the flaws in our justice system. Most notably, the unethical interrogation processes conducted by the police and their failure to consider factual evidence. Native men make up 8% of Alaska's population, but yet they account for 36% of the male prison population in the state. The Fairbanks Police Department wanted a scapegoat and they found not one, but four innocent Native teenagers who were forced to spend close to 20 years in prison for a crime they didn't commit. This is what George Fries has to say regarding whether or not they knew they were going to be released. We always knew it. We always knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when and it's a good thing we didn't know because <laughs> uh, 18 years, if they would have told us 18 years back in, you know, uh, right after, uh, right when we were arrested, uh, yeah, it would have been a totally different story. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Unjustified. And remember that injustice prevails where hopelessness persists.